So side hustles, the gig economy, passive income, whatever you want to call it, it is so hot right now, as our producer Franco would say. And Zoolander. (laughs) Of course. So whether you're driving an Uber or maybe you have an Etsy store or you run a YouTube channel, it can come in all different shapes and sizes and the possibilities are endless, Mark. They're endless. Yeah, that's right. It's quite different from property and shares in the traditional way. And many passive income strategies often don't need like a huge outlay of money. You don't need bags of money to start them as well, which so that means that they also can be, you know, taken up by younger You've piqued my interest. Entrepreneurs. (laughs) (laughs) But instead of talking at you all about it, we're going to speak with someone who is deep into the world of side hustles and passive income. So here comes Nicholas Muscat, a.k.a. the Aussie Money Man. Yeah, so the Aussie Money Man, he's quite interesting. So he started at this quite early at uh, 13. My God, we've wasted our time. I know, right? Uh, Which will be a theme of the episode. Sally and I's (laughs) regrets about our uh, financial life. About our youth. Yeah, but uh, so Nick's been trying his hand at a bunch of side hustles, which you'll learn about today, uh, including his website, uh, YouTube channels and affiliate deals. And it's really taken off in the last few years. And now he's educating others about how they can do the same. Mm -hmm. And he's doing all of this while he has another full-time gig working in government. So it's pretty interesting uh, talking to him all about how he, you know, manages those two parts of his life. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about the breakdown of his five different revenue streams, how to get started, and then also the risks and opportunities that come with, you know, making your income off of like another platform like Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, which is really unique to what Nick does. Yeah. So before we get into our interview, though, you're going to be hearing a lot more of our grating voices in the next coming weeks because we're now weekly. Woohoo! Congrats, everyone. You're welcome. Yeah. So you'll be able to catch our latest episodes every Thursday. So uh, pencil it into the calendar. Don't pencil it. Use pen. (laughs) Call in sick from work. (laughs) Uh, Neglect your... Your, your responsibilities and listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Sally, so shall we delve into our interview with Aussie Money Man? Yeah, let's hear what he has to say. Thanks for being with us, Nicholas. How about you start by introducing yourself? Yeah, no problem. So obviously I am Nicholas, also known as the Aussie Money Man to a lot of people. Pretty much I am just a young guy that goes on the internet and shares his findings with all things money. Awesome. So tell us a bit about how you got started. I mean, in regarding the whole talking about money thing, that was quite recent. That was just 2017. And that started just by me looking at peer-to-peer. So a particular investment instrument and trying to compare which platform was the best. So it was a bit like comparing phone plans, which one's the best and ended up doing all the research and thinking I've spent hours doing this. Let's share this online. And that got a fair few hits. It sort of just went on from there. Awesome. And in terms of your actual investment, separate from the channel and sort of teaching people? I actually initially got started with all that sort of stuff uh, when I was 13. Uh, So that started with an initial YouTube channel uh, where I sort of started by doing affiliate marketing uh, and then using that money to put in the stock market. So that was quite a bit before. Awesome. So if we um, move more broadly, zoom out a bit more, how did you get interested in the whole concept of passive income? Uh, So passive income, I didn't know about that when I started. I didn't know about that when I was 13, 14, 15. Um, I didn't know about that until I was probably about 17. And when I started really understanding investing and and getting so into it that I was doing all this research, which I ultimately ended up sharing. 
And that was really from YouTube. I could look up, you know, how to, how to make money, how to become wealthy. And the answer pretty much from everyone, from mentors, from YouTube, from anyone I spoke to was you need passive income. Um, and that's where that sort of interest really came from was just the fact that it was, it was sort of like a fundamental need to reach my goal. So Nicholas, how would you describe then what you do? It's hard to say because uh, it's a bit of everything. So obviously I'm a bit of an entrepreneur in the way that I try to make my money. So I've done you know, e-commerce and e-books and different YouTube channels and affiliate marketing and reviews. But I suppose when it comes to the sharing the money side of things, I think I just, I just call myself a bit of an influencer instead of the finance space. Yeah, so I suppose a bit of an all-rounder in a way. Nice. And for anyone who doesn't know, of course, we're going to be talking about passive income a lot uh, in today's episode. So what is passive income? The way I think I could best describe it is basically reoccurring income. So it generally is reoccurring. So it'll come in weekly or monthly is the most common sort of model. And it requires little to no effort. So a lot of people confuse it by thinking it's no effort, but it could be minimal. So a YouTube video is the best example and an example that I can use because obviously that's what I do. So basically you set it up and it will keep making you money every month. Even if it will get smaller over time, it generally does, it, it will keep making you money without your constant effort. That's awesome. And uh, I was kind of doing a bit of snooping on your channel and I've actually found <laughs> it really, really interesting. And in one of the videos, you actually break down the different income streams within your passive income. Mm. So I was wondering if we could go through briefly each of those streams and just sort of explain more about what is involved in each and yeah, just explain a bit more about them. So let's start at the bottom. So, I mean, this is a bit of a wee one to start on, but uh, other, so you've got 1% of your income comes from other. So maybe we can talk about what that is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, luckily I did that quite recently. So I know quite well exactly what that is. And it's made up of a, a few small things. So one is when I was in high school, I was quite academic and spent a lot of time studying and writing up notes. So I jumped online and I put those up for sale. People can buy those for like a dollar and few people buy them, uh, buy them a week or few people buy them a month. It doesn't really matter. That's just a, a few extra dollars that might come in and in a year it might be a few extra hundred bucks. Who knows? That's one of those things. Uh, another one will, will be basically just similar things to that. So I've written eBooks from when I was, when I was younger. I've got a YouTube channel uh, from when I was younger. Uh, that's bringing in money that I did. I reviewed game capture cards and things like that. So that's all the stuff that I'm not actively working on anymore at all. Um, so it's not like something I'm, I'm building on and that's quite small. So just all sorts of little things, honestly, just making drips of, of, of money. It's almost like a passive income paper route. Like you, you start when you're young. And <laughs> sort of just, yeah, That was 1%. And then uh, moving upwards. So we have courses. That was also 1%. So maybe you could explain that. Yep. Yep. So courses was, so actual physical courses are made. So an example of one is actually, uh, this one wasn't half as successful as you can imagine. It's only 1%, but I actually wrote a, really large book it was a number of 100 pages and um that was basically how to be successful in a certain stream uh and i ended up building a website for that and getting like designers to make it like market it and created a facebook group for people to talk and stuff in it um and i didn't publish it actually under my name that's why i'm not specifying it was under an alias so that still makes sales and i think i'm selling it for 20 dollars now originally it was 50 so even if you know only three people buy that a week well that's a decent amount if you times that up over over a year so 52 weeks that's awesome. Uh, so moving up the list, we've got Google ads at 2%. Yes. Yeah, so Google ads is basically YouTube. So I only got monetized on YouTube as a recent, obviously Google owns YouTube, that's uh, Google ads, but that basically is just people watching my videos and it's quite surprising. Uh, you know, my channel is quite small, you know, relatively, even in my space, it's quite small. Um, I think I'm approaching 4,000 subscribers and that does bring in, you know, I'd say roughly about at the moment, $250 a month. And as far as I'm concerned, that's quite good. 
um, given that the channel model at all is, is not made to, to make money for one and two, definitely not, not from Google ads. Um, so you'll see probably why when we move up the list. Awesome. Okay. So yeah, let's, uh, without further ado, then let's move further up. So investments, 8%. Yeah, so investments is actually what I'd like to be the biggest, but uh, it does take time because compound interest. But um, investments for me at the moment is made up of PDP lending. So not that many people know about that. So I'll quickly describe that. It's just an investment instrument I mentioned earlier. It's basically where you skip the banks. You're basically loaning people money through a platform that access the bank and does the security check. And it basically allows you to make a higher rate and them to get a lower rate in their loan. But anywho, that's one thing. And the other one, of course, is stocks. So I'm a big fan of ETFs, exchange traded fund, certain type of stock tracks the market. So that's that. That's basically pretty much what I'm invested in at the moment. Not invested in real estate, not in bonds or anything of the like. That's important because that's me trying to utilize compound interest. Cool. And just before we get to the last one, just as a side note, you mentioned you want investments to be the biggest slice of the pie. Why is that? exactly uh the reason mentioned and that, that's it's compound interest and plus they're completely passive so I, I suppose there's a number of reasons one compound interest builds up with, with investments like crazily you know um, i think einstein said seventh wonder of the world and then you've got the fact that it's completely passive you know if uh, depending on the model you know real estate maybe not if you get a real estate manager maybe but when it comes to stocks completely passive you know you buy in however often and it's just going to keep building up and giving you those dividends giving you those capital gains uh, given you know your investment model so Awesome. That's great. And so let's go to the largest slice of the pie, affiliate marketing at a whopping 88%. So yeah, talk us through that. Yes. Yeah, so affiliate marketing took off surprisingly. Uh, so basically that's what I started with when I was 13, when I reviewed game capture cards and the like, and I would put a link in, in the description, go, you know, you can check it out if you like. I like this product. I bought it. That was the model and that worked then and it works now. Most of the things I, I will talk about, I can't uh, affiliate with. It, they just don't have the model and that's fine. I do it anyway. But if I review a product and it comes out at the top, I'll always give myself the chance to go or give the company the chance to go up to the company and go, would you like to work together on this and give me an affiliate link? And if they do, well, I chuck it in the video. And every time people click through, uh, I think the smallest partnership I've got gives me $5 each one and as big as $100 for each person that signs up. That's huge. It's huge even if you're only getting hundreds of people because you only need you know 10 people a month to get to get $1,000 passively. Uh, and that's why that's such a big chunk. And for Australians looking to, I guess, get started with their passive income, do you think that there are any key differences or unique circumstances for Aussies looking to pick up this strategy? Absolutely. And in and, and a few ways, actually. So just off the top of my head, uh, number one is, is basically that when it comes to how much you get from these affiliate arrangements and how much you get from running ads, a huge determining factor of that is, in fact, your location. So Australia is what's considered one of the big English-speaking countries. So basically, the rate that we get paid for anything like this, running out with uh, views from ads and all that, is quite high. So someone like me making content on, a, you know, on Australian financial topics or on anything that Australians will watch means that we, we get quite a high payment for that. So that's a unique scenario right there already and there are a number of them i mean for one we're obviously just a very wealthy country to begin with so <laughs> that certainly helps because generally to create passive income it's one of those things where they say you need money to make money and that's very true for investments you can't invest and get dividends without money we're quite likely to often have quite a large amount of disposable income let alone any at all which is amazing you know because a lot of people don't have that so in that sense again we're already going well it only takes a little bit whether it be 50 bucks a week put aside to invest or put into one of these models to make videos, to buy equipment. That's another one as well, yeah. Awesome. One question I had was around the actual time required for these strategies. So how passive is passive income 
how much work do you have to do each month to maintain and grow? It depends on, on what you're doing. You know, if you're creating a YouTube channel, that takes much, much longer than if you have a high paying job and you start putting in $5,000 a month into, into that. So it depends on things like that. But I, I'd say you're looking at at least a few months minimum, if I were to say anything, because for me personally, with my YouTube channel, I've had that for you know, maybe uh, just over a year now. And I was making almost no money from YouTube itself up until, you know, what, a few months ago, like none, none. So it definitely, I'd, I'd say at least a few months, but it really does depend on the model. If you, you invest, if you, what you invest in, uh, if you create a YouTube channel, if you create a course, it might take you weeks to write, to write a book if you're doing it in that model. And if your passive income is dependent on another platform, for example, if you're an influencer on Instagram or you run a Facebook group or, you know, maybe you have a YouTube channel, how do you prepare for unexpected issues that come with, I guess, operating on a platform like that? For example, if your account is hacked or if the site goes down? I'll just start sort of more broadly speaking um, in the sense that a lot of people go, cool, I want to be my own boss. I don't want to be reliant on, on, on a boss or an employer, or whether it be the government or a private company, and then they go and create a YouTube channel. But people often don't find out until later if they're successful, and most aren't, unfortunately. If they are, they find, okay, I'm actually working for YouTube or I'm working for Instagram if you're an Instagram influencer. So it's funny you mentioned that. And particularly so because as a lot of people who, who are watching this that do know me, my Instagram and Facebook were hacked and I lost everything. And I had a lot of Facebook groups, one with 97,000 likes, lost lots of money. I'm talking tens of thousands of dollars from that in revenue. So it can happen. And the only real ways you can protect yourself from it really is diversifying. Don't just be on Instagram. Don't just be on Facebook. Don't just be on YouTube. Don't just be on Twitter. But the thing is, Facebook and Instagram own each other. So you wouldn't just diversify to Facebook and Instagram. You have to you have to know your field. It's like anything to do with any business. And doing this often is a business. If you go ahead and create a YouTube channel or you create whatever you create, you create a following, it's a business. You need to understand the industry. So that's what happened to me. I lost my Instagram and my Facebook at the same time, but I still had my YouTube. So the biggest point I'm trying to get at here is diversification. Put yourself across platforms. Something a lot of people are doing lately that I didn't do that I wish I did was having a backup account. So they'll have, you know, Aussie Money Man and then I'll have Aussie Money Man 2 backup, Aussie Man backup, just in case, uh, because people know this stuff happens. People know you get hacked. People know Facebook or Instagram might come along and accidentally go, oh, you've done something wrong. And if, if you haven't, delete all your content. Another one, a third one, something I didn't do, but I wish I did is download your profile content. YouTube offers it, Facebook offers it, Instagram offers it. Most people don't know about Instagram mostly. You can download all your content, your messages, your groups, your contacts, your past messages. Uh, but once it's gone, it's gone. So you have to download it prior. So if anyone is an influ influencer or wants to be one or anything like that, go ahead and download your content now because that was something that got me quite bad. So I think that'd be my three biggest tips. Wow, that's such a scary thought. But good to know that there are things that you can do to prevent I guess, the damage, you know, beforehand. Better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, you're handling it very well, considering, <laughs> you know, like you, you mentioned, you did lose a lot during that uh, hacking situation. Yeah, well, look, uh, I would admit when it happened, I was, I was a bit distraught. But the thing is, is it's like anything in life, you know, these things can happen. I knew it could happen. I just looked at the good side, you know, and that's what you've got to do in life is I looked at the fact, cool, my YouTube's still there. Thank God, you know, and that's all I could do. Okay, Nicholas, uh, it's now time in the conversation for our overrated, underrated segment. So uh, we're just going to sort of give you some random topics and just in one sentence, give us your thoughts. So uh, I'll kick us off. So the first one is Uber driving as a side hustle. Overrated or underrated? Overrated. Ooh, why? From my 
uh, I will say limited research because I'm someone who likes to know the topic very well before I speak about it. It seems that people often forget to deduct all their costs like fuel and their time, most importantly, before calculating their hourly rates. So often they find they're being paid a lot less than they initially thought. Cool. What about becoming an influencer? That's a hard one. I want to say overrated for most people because most people, they're really just looking at the perspective of the, or the attention and obviously the, the glitz and glamour. It's a bit of a catch-22 because they're always seeing all the good, you know, and that's the whole thing about social media in itself. And <laughs> these influences are like, you know, the epitome of sort of this facade that's put on by social media. So I'm, I'm going to say overrated for that reason. And also same with when it comes to money. I think every influencer is making a lot of money and not working for it, but they are. The posts are planned and, and there's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes. So. Living in Canberra. I might say underrated for that one. And the reason for that is is when I hear Canberra, what I always hear is straight away, the first thing I hear is, is, is sort of witlessly boring. It's <laughs> basically in, in different words or terms perhaps, but that's pretty much what I tend to hear. I don't think it gets the props it deserves for the fact it doesn't have a, a huge traffic problem. <laughs> no offence, Sydney siders. There's not a huge traffic problem. <laughs> um, it does have a nightlife, uh, you know, so be it, it won't be as huge as, <laughs> as Sydney, given the population difference. It's, it's fitting. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to say underrated. Uh, okay, uh, Nikos, what about Gary Vaynerchuk? Overrated or underrated? I might make some haters if I don't answer this one correctly. <laughs> he's big. I'd say he's the biggest in, in the space of, of, of finance and entrepreneurship and, and, and the like. But I'm going to go ahead and probably get myself in trouble. And I'm going to say probably overrated. I'll, I'll justify it. I think he's good and he knows what he's talking about. The reason I'm saying overrated is I find he repeats the same things and it's not necessarily bad because again, what he's saying is good, but I think there's a lot more knowledge out there that other people are giving out from, from a lot of the smaller people and in a lot more real way. The thing is, once you get that big is it becomes a lot more difficult to speak your mind and that's mm. due to lots of, lots of reasons, whether it be sponsorships, you know, you've got stakeholders when you get that big. So I think... I'm going to have to, yeah, go, go with over. Ooh, very spicy, but that's, that's a good, uh, good response. Do you have quickly just um, like a suggestion of someone else who you think is better for someone to listen to or might give more value? Well, I, I wouldn't say necessarily instead. I'd just say in addition. You know, there's lots of people, you know, some people just listen to the man in, in the red suit, also known as Dan Locke. Some people just listen to Grant Cardone is the name I was trying to think of. Um, cool. But I'd just say, listen, listen to those big guys because these guys, these guys are sort of the epitome. They're right at the top. But also listen to the guys, you know, sort of the level one day. So you've got the, the Graham Steffens, uh, the Meet Kevins, um, and, and there's a lot of people under them. And then you've got smaller again, and you're looking at people like myself, yep. looking at people like Aussie Wealth Creation. Try to find people more specific. So obviously, like we, we do Australia specific. That's really useful but really just diversify i suppose don't just like listen to one person because no one's perfect you know i'm going to say things that don't work with you i'm going to say things that just sometimes aren't as accurate as, as they could be and everyone will do that so i think just diversify between between people because i know there are a lot of people particularly gary b that just follow him like he's gospel mm. and i think i think they're just missing a lot they're not going in the wrong direction they're just missing cool mm, diversify your influences as well yeah it would seem yeah, pretty much. I didn't think of it that way, but yes, <laughs> diversification is brilliant when it comes to your investments and influences and everything. <laughs> okay, last but not least, The Wolf of Wall Street movie, overrated or underrated? 
Oh, that's half too many answer. I never watched the full thing. I, I got I got a part way through and then stopped. I mean, that tells us everything. Yeah, I guess I'm going to have to go with overrated given the fact I couldn't even sit through it all. Yeah, I think it's got an interesting story behind it. It's you know, it's definitely interesting. It's like all that all that sort of stuff, the, the Ned Kellys, if we go all the way back to the modern day Donald Trump. So people are doing things that's sort of controversial or just wrong, people are interested, you know. Um, so I think, yeah, it's an interesting story. <laughs> but yeah, maybe a bit overrated. <laughs> Back to the drawing board, Leo D. Maybe next time. So back to the the passive income. I wanted to ask, how do you keep a good work-life balance, especially if you have a full-time job and then you're also, you know, working on a passive income as your side hustle? The reality of the situation is it is very difficult to do, especially a full-time job. And if you have kids, if you have a family, if you, if you, even if you just have a, a partner, it's difficult. The number one thing you can do is, is start it in an area that you're passionate about and it straight away feels a lot less like work because coming home from work, for most people doing, you know, a job that they don't particularly want to do, uh, they wouldn't do it if they weren't paid for it is the example I use and then come home and do more work. So the number one thing you can do is, is just do it in an area that you love. You know, so for me, I really like just comparing things and doing analytical things and I like money. So I was like, I'll compare things to do with money and it worked. And I used to do things on gaming because, you know, a lot of people like gaming and I did as well. So I think the biggest thing is just start in an area you're interested in. That helps a lot. And how do you know when to quit your full-time job? So say you, you know, you really get involved in passive income strategies. Yeah. How do you know when to quit and, and why do you personally continue to work full-time? I haven't spoken about this, but I, I did write it actually on a part of my website because it's something that is so fundamental to explaining why I do what I do. And people want to know if they're going to trust me and follow me. They, they want to know. So it's on the website, but I haven't spoken about it. So it's a good question. And, and what that is, is it just comes down to, you know, can you live off it? How stable is it? Is it going to be $10,000 one month and then $500 the next? And that's certainly the case for me. It's certainly the case for me. All fluctuates crazily. Um, same goes with most e-commerce models and most online business models, uh, which tends to be the way these days. And I, I think it just depends on, on, you know, you just break it down and go, you know, is, can, can I live off this? Do I have an emergency fund? So just looking at the, the reality of if it's going to work. The next thing you'd look at, you know, and something I, I, I look at is, Am I going to enjoy doing this? Is it just going to be the same as working a job and said I'm going to be a lot more under a lot more stress because you know I'm the CEO, I'm the I'm the marketer, I'm the website developer. Because for most people, they don't hire people, at least not yet. So there's that to look at. And to answer the question for me personally, I enjoy what a lot a lot of jobs offer that I couldn't do myself. I have a very big interest in in military things. I can't start my own military. If, people want to be a firefighter, you know, you can't do that. A doctor, you know, there's a lot of things that you can't really do for yourself that you can do working for someone, you know? So for me, it's a matter of getting to do things that I enjoy that are jobs that, you know, and that, that's, that's the case for me. I enjoy what I do so much that it, to me, it'd be silly to leave. And that's why I think it comes down to, and that's, it comes down to the same thing when I sort of mentioned earlier, when you pick your side hustle, just pick it in something you enjoy. Cause the whole point of everything ever when it comes to money and all this stuff is so you can be doing the things that you enjoy that you want to do. Yeah, that's a great point. One of our first episodes, we spoke to the Aussie Firebug and he sort of oh. mentioned, you know, the whole point of that sort of movement is to work because you want to and not because you have to. So I think that's a r really great way of saying it. And where can our listeners go more for, you know, more information about passive income and resources and tips to get started or improve their side hustles? There's a lot out there. 
and you, you can jump on and anywhere YouTube, you can jump on Facebook, you can jump anywhere. And there's a lot of people talking about it. Obviously, as Australians, we want to be finding Australian content. Aussie Firebug doesn't really talk a lot on passive income. I think he did recently actually spoke about match betting just after I did, believe it or not. So that's funny. No, he's great. Um, there's Aussie Wealth Creation. You know, he's he inspired me a bunch. He's great. Talks about that, that passive income. He's done the same sort of video as me where he breaks down his sources. Obviously, there's me. I'm going to self-promote in there. Might as well if I'm listing other people. Um, so, you know, there's Aussie Money Man. You can, you can look that up. And, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot out there. But I just say, if you can, and, and lately there has been, it wasn't a thing, you know, only maybe five or six years ago, go specific and get the Australian guys, get the people that are talking about Australian methods, Australian affiliate marketing, Australian YouTubing, Australian courses, because it is different. Nice. We'll make sure to pop all of those links, uh, including the Aussie Money Man YouTube channel into our show notes so everybody knows where to go. Sure. Thank you very much for that. Cool. Well, I think that's pretty much us wrapped up. Thank you so much, Nick, for sharing all of your insights with us. Thanks, Nick. Not a problem at all. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to Pocket Money from Finder. Head over to finder.com.au slash podcast for the show notes for this episode. The Finder podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions. Although we're licensed and authorized, we don't provide financial advice. So please consider your own situation or get advice before making any decisions based on anything in our show. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Pocket Money. <laughs> Today in the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sally and Mark Attenborough. <laughs> Can we get him on the show?